Thank you, Pastor Katie. We are continuing today in our sermon series on uh, Moses, the man on the mountain. Um, today, as Thomas mentioned in the children's message, we are focusing on uh, the Ten Commandments. So we're in Exodus chapter 20, and I want to do verses 1 through 21. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day. And keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to me, the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the resident alien in your town. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or male or female slave, or ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witnessed the thunder and the lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance. And they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. Then the people stood at a distance, while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, whatever it is that we need to hear in this moment individually and collectively, we pray that we're able to hear it. We ask once again that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. One of my favorite scenes of my all-time favorite show, The Andy Griffith Show, is one where Deputy Barney Fife is debriefing some big-time criminals who have just been booked into the Mayberry Jail. Barney tells them, here at the rock 
we have two basic rules. Memorize them so you can say them in your sleep. The first rule is obey all rules. Secondly, do not write on the walls as it takes a lot of work to erase writing off of walls. Not too hard to memorize, huh? <laughs> In the first five books of the Bible, there are 613 rules, also known as commandments, 613 commandments. And yes, people do memorize them. Today we read 10 of them. And chances are these are the 10 that we are the most familiar with. God speaks and says, you shall not have other gods before me. You shall not make or worship idols. You should not misuse the Lord's name. Keep the Sabbath. Honor your father and mother do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear a false witness, and do not covet. Now, some are harder to keep up with than others. For example, Sabbath. Sabbath is so hard to keep up with that we're going to dedicate a whole week to talking about Sabbath next week. Idolatry will be a topic that you hear more about coming soon as well. But remember, there are 603 others that we are not addressing. The first rule is obey all rules. But why? Why? Why, why commandments? Why are there so many? In some cases, such as with the first of the three of the ten, the commandments are there to help keep us in right relationship with God. In other cases, the commandments are there to help keep us in right relationship with one another. And as a result being in right relationship with one another, we are also in right relationship with God. Commandments, rules are provided to, to place limitations on our lives to help keep us in right relationships, to help keep our relationships holy and whole. Last week, I made the point that people need people to be able to people. Today, I'm saying that people need limitations to be the best people they can be. Commandments, rules, they, they provide limits for living. And limits are 100% necessary for a good shared life in God's creation. Yet here in modern times, many of us are caught up in this fantasy of limitlessness. We are led to believe that we can do whatever we want, whenever we want, and however we want. And the, the people who are promoting this, this fantasy of limitlessness say that we can do whenever 
whatever and however, all because we have freedom. It's a lie. We need limits. We cannot do whatever, whenever, however. We can't have it all, all the time. Because doing so comes at a cost that is far greater than we are able to pay. As Wendell Berry put it, the old ideas of enough and plenty have been overruled by the ideals of all you want and all you can get. Phrases such as anything goes or stop at nothing or at all costs are extremely common and well used today to promote the human quest, even at the expense of others and a relationship with God. All the while, God is saying, obey all rules. They are there for your own good and for the good of everyone else that you share this beautiful life with. Friends, it, it cannot be stated enough. The limits are the limits to help us stay in right relationship with each other and with God. Now, I, I know the argument can be made that because of Jesus who is the fulfiller of the law and commandments, the rules do not matter as much. To make such a claim, however, is to suggest that God is a dealer of cheap grace. Grace is not cheap. Grace is costly. To the point of a cross, costly. Jesus did not come and die to abolish the rules. Just because Jesus died and thus our sins are forgiven, we are not given a free pass to break all or any of the rules. And if you are a stern believer in following rules, I know it can get to be a lot of pressure. Especially that when you consider that many of the commandments are given to us by God in a way that says, if you do this or that, then that's sin. Sin. Breaking the rules is sin. But we all do it. Show me somebody who claims to live a sin-free life, and I'll show you somebody to stay away from In the beginning, Adam and Eve had the ability not to sin. After their fall, humans could not help but to sin. But because of Christ, we now have the ability not to sin, but we still do. And it is not until Christ comes back that we will be unable to sin. But in the meantime, there's a lot of pressure to try and, and pull off staying within the rules and staying sin-free. We have idols everywhere. We're bowing down to these idols all the time. We carry them around in our pockets. Our screams, our politics, Lord forgive me, our sports teams. Just to name a few, 
We're guilty. We don't keep Sabbath. We covet. Boy, do we covet. Even if we do not do the ones that, that seem real harsh, we're still rule breakers. It's no wonder that after the Ten Commandments were announced that the Israelite people were terrified. <laughs> they heard God say, you can't do any of this. If you do it, sin. They're, they're terrified. It's a lot of pressure. They said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us because we will die. And Moses says, it's okay. God is just putting these things out there for you as a test. As a test for you so, so you do not sin. And the scripture does not record their response back to Moses, but you have got to believe that his answer did not provide them with any comfort whatsoever. He said, keep God at a distance. We can't live up to this. Keep God at a distance. Moses says, it's okay, just don't sin. They say, okay, buddy. Okay. We're going to stay over here, a safe way a ways. If you can't keep God at a distance, then we're going to keep God at a distance. The scripture says that it is at this moment with the people at a distance that Moses entered into the thick darkness where God was. Into the darkness. It's kind of odd, really, that God was in the darkness. Especially since we oftentimes think of the dark as a scary place where sin takes hold. But that's where God was. In the darkness. In this high and holy moment where God has just spoken these 10 very important of 613 commandments, we would expect Moses to be drawn into the light to be with God. We expect a, a transfiguration sort of moment. We expect bright and shiny light of the world in the beginning when there was darkness and chaos covering the earth. Let there be light. We expect that. No. Moses goes to be with God in the darkness. Reading this this week reminded me of another moment when the holiness of God was on display in the darkness. Unexpected holiness in unexpected darkness. A moment where God closed the distance. A moment where God closed the distance between God and humanity in the darkness. It was about noon. And darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. By the way, the curtain was there to separate sinful people from the holiness of God. They called the room on the other side, 
the holiest of holies. It was about noon. And darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, there in the darkness, he breathed his last. You know, they killed him because he supposedly broke the rules. But it is in the darkness that sin was blacked out. And as a result, holiness is here. In the light and in the dark, holiness is here. For God so loved the world, we should always strive to obey God's rules should always strive to sin less because God so loved the world. Put down the idols. Worship God only. What you have is enough. Stay within the lines and the limitations. God did things for you that you would never be able to do for yourself, and it is for your good. For it is God, the holiest of holy, who suffered so that we too can be holy like him, so that we can be in the presence of God, not off at a distance, but in the presence of God, now and forever. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, continue to draw us closer and closer and closer. Help us to lead lives of holiness so that we can be more like you and closer and closer still. Thank you for the limitations. Thank you for being oh so good. It's in the name of the crucified one that we pray and all God's people say.